Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live commanded to love, commissioned to serve. And if you can't remember all of that, we live, love, and serve. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, We want to, I want to invite you now to grab your Bibles, your cell phones, your tablets. Turn with me to the book of Ruth. Amen, the book of Ruth, it is a short book. There's only four chapters. I can't preach the whole book today. I'm going to try to talk about it a little bit, but welcome you to go back and read that um, in your own time. Um, We're going to be looking at two passages in Ruth. Uh, The first can be found in the first chapter, verses three through five, and the second can be found in the fourth chapter, verses 13 through 17. Amen. That's Ruth 1, 3 through 5, and then 4, 13 through 17. And it reads in this way in the New Revised Standard Version. Elimelech died, and Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpah, and the second, Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next 10 years. But then the two brothers, Malon and Kilion, died. Now the woman was left without either her young sons or her husband. So Boaz, if we go down to four, chapter 4, verse 13 through 17, it reads, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin. And may his name be renowned in all Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. Let's pray. 
Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless your name. We, we thank you and we love you. And we're so grateful for this beautiful day that you have given us. So grateful that we were able to see another day, open our eyes on this day and experience new mercy. For morning by morning, new mercies we see. God, we thank you that this service has already been blessed, been blessed with praying, been blessed with singing, been blessed with worship. And now, God, we pray that you bless this word. Allow these who are listening and watching to hear you more than they see me. And God, we give you all of the honor, all of the glory, all of the praise because it is yours. It belongs to you, God. And we love you. And we thank you. And we praise you. And we worship you. And we magnify you. And we lift you up because you are worthy. You are ours and we are yours. And we say thank you. And we lift this prayer in your mighty matchless and powerful name and we say together amen amen and amen i just want to read that that last portion ruth 4 13 through 17 so boaz took ruth and she became his wife when they came together the lord made her conceive and she bore a son then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. Amen. Amen. We're so grateful that this passage is blessed and we are grateful that it's going to be a blessing to us on today. And I want to talk uh, for the time that we have together on the subject, see yourself in the future. Amen. See yourself in the future. Amen. You know, I was reflecting as I was looking on this passage and it made me think about uh, when my husband and I first started dating and he was really a, mu uh, a movie buff. Um, and so we would go to the movies and he loved taking me to the movies. He loved uh, uh, getting me to watch movies that I had not seen before because he was really a movie buff. I mean, so after we would watch the movies, he would always say, well, what did you think? And sometimes I said, oh, that was great. I really loved it. And sometimes I was like, ah, it wasn't so great. I don't have to see that again. And so in his mind, all of these movies that he was exposing me to were really great movies. And he could not understand why some movies I really loved and some movies that he really loved, I was like, ah, it was okay. And one day as we were coming from the movies, he said to me, I know what it is. I know why you didn't like that movie. And I said, why? And he said, because you like a happy ending. And I said, you know what? You are absolutely right. And I realized that I had been judging the movies, not necessarily on the plot or the characters, but more so on the ending. 
I needed to have a happy ending. Uh, And some of us may be like that today. We're looking for our happy ending. We like that happy ending. So for me, I started reflecting on his reflection and I realized, you know what? He's right. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a book, whether it's the Bible, give me the happy ending. I was thinking about one of my favorite movies, The Wizard of Oz. And I love The Wizard of Oz. Why? Because it gives me a happy ending. Uh, The scarecrow realizes that he had a brain. The tin man realizes that he had a heart the whole time. The lion realizes that he had courage. Dorothy realized she had the power to go home. It is a happy ending. Even when I think about the movie, uh, the, the book, The Color Purple. The color purple gives us a happy ending. In the end, uh, Celie gets her house. She gets her land. uh, She gets to see her children. She starts her business. It gives a happy ending. Um, And here in this passage of Ruth, I read the beginning, but I went to the end to show that even Ruth and Naomi get a happy ending. Uh, But sometimes we want to get the happy ending without going through what we need to go through in order for it to be a happy ending. Uh, The only way a win ending is happy is if you had a little turmoil, some trials, some tribulations, some trauma, some tragedy, because otherwise it's just an ending. In order for it to be happy, there had to have been some sadness somewhere. Uh, And sometimes we want to get to the happy ending without going through uh, what we need to go through in order to make the end happy. Uh, Are you with me today? Uh, Because if you think in your mind, no one really wants to experience tragedy. No one really wants to experience trauma. No one really wants to go through trials or tribulations, but we all want the happy ending. Here in this text, we see women uh, who eventually get a happy ending, but not before they have gone through uh, some of the toughest seasons in their life. Uh, This book opens up uh, talking about this woman, Naomi. I love the fact that in this book, the women are named because women aren't always named in these texts. Uh, Sometimes we just get who they are based on what they're going through. The woman who had an issue of blood, the woman who was bent over double, the, the, the widow and the widow's oil. We don't always get the names, but here in this book, in this passage in Ruth, we get their names. And, and so the text opens up with Naomi. Uh, Naomi is married to Elimelech. Uh, The two of them are married. They're living in Bethlehem of Judah. They're from the Ephrathite tribe. Um, And and there they are living together. Uh, They have two sons. Um, And so for Naomi, whose name means joy, she is really experiencing the joy of life. Uh, She's got a husband. And not only does she have a husband, but uh, for back then, Uh, A woman's capacity to have children was everything. And not only did she have children, but she had two male children. Um, And so I could only imagine that people were looking at her thinking that she had it all. There she was living in Bethlehem of Judah. She's living with her husband. She has her two sons, Malon and Kilion. And then tragedy comes upon the land uh, and there's a famine. And so her and her husband, Elimelech, decide that they are going to move to Moab. Uh, So there Naomi is with her husband, Elimelech. They pack up their things. They take their two sons, Malon and Kilion, and they move to Moab. Uh, They get there, and they're living in the land, and Naomi's husband dies. Can you imagine being in a strange place, being a foreigner in this land, going there with your husband and your sons, and your husband dies? 
We know that Mother's Day can be a beautiful day, but we know that it can also be a complicated day because we know that there are mothers who aren't able to rejoice the same way that some others are because of the tragedy they have faced in their lives. I think about even uh, the mother of Breonna Taylor, the mother of, 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 of Floyd, those mothers who have lost children uh, this year who are coming to their first Mother's Day experiencing that loss. And so we recognize that it doesn't have to be what everybody else wants it to be. It's okay for you to be exactly where you are, feeling exactly what you're feeling, because Mother's Day can be complicated. And so here this woman is, and she's in a strange place, and her husband now has died. She's left with her two sons, but there is still hope because she still has her sons. And women back then were identified by the men in their lives. So she had lost her husband, but she still had her sons. I can imagine her pressing her way, trying to figure out how she's going to make it, how she's going to raise these boys, how she's going to continue to move forward, especially in a strange land. But don't you know the text tells us that Malon and Kilion took wives. The wives were Orpah and Ruth, and there they were, a family making it work. And then tragedy comes again. Not only does she lose her husband, Elimelech, but then the text tells us in that first chapter that both of her sons die. Can you imagine? You know, sometimes we speak to people like we know. But unless we have walked that road, we have no idea what it is to lose a spouse, what it is to lose children. Um, And sometimes instead of feeling compelled to say something, uh, we ought to give those women, those men, those family members, those friends the gift of presence. Sometimes presence and silence is enough. Rather than us trying to figure out and explain and and say things we don't know and say things we don't mean like, well, this was God's plan. How do we know that it was God's plan? Sometimes we just got to sit and be still. Sit with that experience. Sit with that pain. Sit with that trauma. Sit with that tragedy. Sit with it and allow it to do the work that it needs to do so that we can continue to find our way forward. So here she is lost her husband, lost both of her children, and she is now a stranger in a foreign land. She decides uh, that she wants to do something different. I appreciate the fact that she didn't give in and she didn't throw in the towel because if she had done that, what could anyone have said to her after being so full and then losing so much? Uh, But the text says she heard that God was blessing her hometown, that that the blessing of the Lord was upon them. And so she got herself together. Uh, She took her daughter-in-law and she said, come on, we are going back to my home. We've been in Moab. This is your home. But but now that my sons are no longer here, now that my husband's no longer here, I'm going home. And there's something about to, to be said about knowing when it's time to leave. Ah, sometimes we stay too long. Sometimes we linger too long. We've got to recognize the signs of when it's time to go. 
And that's what she did. She recognized that it was time to go. She heard that the Lord was blessing them over there. So why would she stay over here if she knew the blessing of the Lord was over there? Sometimes we get too attached to spaces and places and people, and we're not able to move when God is moving. But I declare on today, open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart. See what God is doing and position yourself to be a part of what God is doing even right now. She packs everything up, and they get on the road, and they start walking. I, I wonder what her thought process was as they were walking along that road. I wonder what she was thinking about all that she has lost. What was she thinking about having to go back home uh, almost empty-handed, um, leaving so full but coming back with so much loss? Whatever was going on in her mind, uh, she turned to her two daughters-in-law, and she said to them, listen, you all go back home. Go and be with your mothers and your fathers. Go and live. Go and marry again. Um, I, I don't have anything to offer you. The text said that the women protested heavily. They were like, no, we stand with you, Naomi. Uh, we're here. We're down with you. We're not leaving you. We're not forsaken. We're here. And she said, listen, you all are young. What are you going to do? Give yourselves an opportunity to get married again. See, back then, uh, when a brother died, it was the older brother's responsibility to bear children with that widow so that the brother's name could continue to live. And so she said to them, I don't have any other sons to give you. And even if I get married tomorrow and have children, are you going to wait until they're adults uh, so that you can marry them? No, that doesn't make any sense. Go. Go back home. She gave them the gift of releasing them. I, I want to help somebody today. Because sometimes we try to hold on to things and people that we need to let go of. Right? Sometimes we need to release. Somebody ought to just say release. We need to release some people and some of us need for some people to release us. Right? Because sometimes when you hold on too tight, there's no room for them to grow. You end up squeezing the life out of people anyway. Some of us are being squeezed right now. Some of us are being squeezed right now because we need to be released and we need to give the gift. Listen, that person doesn't love you like they used to. They don't want to release. You can't show up for yourself because of what's going on. Release yourself. She released them. She gave them permission, listen, go. I'm not going to hold nothing against you. I get it. I understand. Your husbands have died. My sons have died. There's really nothing I can offer you. Listen, go back. And Orpah said, okay. Gave her a hug, gave her a kiss, and went on her way. But Ruth, Ruth was a different person. Ruth said to her, you know what? I'm not leaving you. And please don't ask me to leave you again. You are mine and I am yours. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you stay, I'm going to stay. And where you die, I'm going to die. And that's where I'll be buried. Ah, she gave her this gift of loyalty and love that I, I can't even imagine how Naomi must have felt. This was a gift of friendship a gift of faithfulness that she gave to someone who really didn't have anything to give to her. 
really didn't have any way to pay her back or bless her, but she gave her that gift anyway. She took a risk going with Naomi instead of going back home. When was the last time you took a risk for somebody else? Ah, somebody that couldn't give you anything return. When was the last time you blessed someone just because you wanted to bless them, not because you were looking for something back, not because you were expecting them to pay you back or give it back to you, but because you had it to give and so you gave it freely? When was the last time you gave love freely? You gave faith freely? You gave joy freely? When was the last time you took a risk not knowing how it was going to work out, but expecting that it was going to have to be okay? This is what Ruth did, gave Naomi such a precious gift at such a tragic time in her life. Uh, and so she said, I'm not going to leave. Naomi said, all right, come on, let's go. They went, they got to Bethlehem. And don't you know it was harvest season? Oh. <laughs> now that's significant because when they left, they left in the midst of a famine. But when they came back, it was barley harvest season. And that's why you got to be careful of knowing when to go and knowing when to stay. Because you may leave out one way, but come in and things are completely different. Don't think that it's the same just because it may be in your mind. Trust that evolution is possible in every situation. And so she left hungry. She left not having any food, but she came back. And it was harvest time. I just, I just need somebody to be able to celebrate that sometimes God can move you from a famine to harvest time. That God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask for. Think according to that power that is at work in us. So she came back. It's harvest time. Everybody in town knows she's coming back. They said the town was stirred up about this news of her coming back. And coming back, not by herself, not with her son, not with her husband, but coming back with a foreigner, somebody from Moab. Uh, when she came to the town, the text said that the women said, Naomi, Naomi, oh my gosh, welcome back. And she told them, listen, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means joy. Uh, I have been dealt a bitter hand. Call me Mara. Uh, because I am no longer that, that joyful person. I am no longer that person that has been blessed. Uh, but but in, in the depth of who I am, I understand that I cannot live up to that name. Can you imagine? She said, I lost everything and I'm here by myself. But she wasn't there by herself. Ruth was with her. Can you imagine when we become so obsessed with what we've lost that we forget what we have left? That we're so obsessed with what we no longer have that we neglect what's right in front of us. Sometimes we can be so focused on the thing that we lost, that we wanted to keep, that we wanted so bad, that we neglect the people, the spaces, the resources that God has placed around us to sustain us during this time. She said to them, I'm all by myself. I've lost everything. And Ruth is standing right there. Imagine then what Ruth must have been feeling. Wait a minute. I just left my family. I just left my home. I just left my mother, my father. The, I have followed you to Bethlehem only for you to not even acknowledge my presence. We got to be careful how we treat people. And we got to be careful 
the things that come out of our mouths so that we do not neglect what God is doing in us and through us. And I know some of us have lost so much, but we still have something left. We may have lost things that are valuable to us, but we still have things that are valuable to us. We may have lost that one thing that we wanted so bad, but God's got something else in store for us. Look around you and see what you have left. See what you have left. You got some friends left. You got some family left. See what you have left. You got some joy left. You got some peace left. You got some love left. Focus on what you have left. Well, the text goes on. It, it, it tells the story of how Ruth then goes on. She decides to go glean in the field because it's harvest time, y'all. And so she's gleaning and she ends up meeting a kinsman um, of her mother-in-law um, who eventually takes her in, who eventually marries her, who eventually they have a son together. They get their happy ending, but not before they go through tragedy, not before they go through trauma. And I just want you to know today, regardless of what you're going through, God has someone there to help you get through it. I'm praying for some rules in your life today. Some people that are going to be loyal to you, a friend that's not going to leave you, not for say, I'm praying for a Ruth for you today. Someone who is going to love you even when you don't want to be loved. Someone's going to show up for you even when you don't want anyone around. Someone who's not going to leave you even when you try to push them out. I'm praying for some Ruths for you today. Some people who recognize that you're worth the risk and they're willing to walk away from some things just so that they can support the work that God is doing in you. I'm praying for some roots for you today. And some of us already have those roots in our lives, but have we told them how much we love them? Have we told them how much we appreciate them? Have we told them how much they've done for us? Have we acknowledged the roots in our lives? Uh, and some of us are Ruth. We are that person that shows up. We are that person that doesn't leave. We are that person that doesn't forsake. And we need to pat ourselves on the back because we have been a root to someone else, even if they can't see your rootness. To recognize who you are, to recognize the gift that you are. And, and Ruth doesn't have to be a friend. Ruth can be your husband. Ruth can be your wife. Ruth can be your son, your daughter, your mother, your father. A stranger can be a Ruth to you. But don't neglect the people that God has placed in your life to support you and make a difference when you're going through your worst time, when you're going through your worst pain, when you're going through your worst season. Thank God for Ruth who shows up, who loves you, in spite of the situation, who's loyal to you because of the love that she has for you, who will not leave you, who will not forsake you, even though life would be easier if they did. Trust that Ruth is with you in this season because you are on your way to your happy ending. Trust that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to that power that is at work in you. Trust that the best is yet to come. Trust that all things are possible through God who believes. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care if you can't see your way out. Thank God for Ruth who can see when you can't see. Thank God for Ruth 
who can speak life when you can only speak death. Thank God for Ruth, who can believe in you when you can't believe in yourself. Thank God for Ruth. And on this Mother's Day, as complicated as it is, help us to celebrate the Ruths in our lives. You may be a mother, you may not be a mother, but thank God for Ruth. You may have lost a husband, you may have lost a wife, but thank God for Ruth. You may have lost a son, you may have lost a daughter, but thank God for Ruth that you are not alone, that God has placed someone in your life who will be there with you, for you, and go through with you. You know, you got some friends, you call them up, and you say, I need you now. And they say, what's going on? What happened? Where you at? Well, what you need? And you got some friends that you call and say you need them, and they say, I'm on the way. That's Ruth. Ruth is right there, standing with you. And sometimes he or she is so close that you take them for granted and can't even see them. But don't forget on this Mother's Day to thank Ruth. Don't forget on this Mother's Day to celebrate Ruth. Don't forget on this Mother's Day to recognize the gift you've been given and the people who are around you. People that God have selected for you to support you, to be with you. And don't forget to thank them for that work. Whether it's a father, whether it's a mother, whether it's a daughter, whether it's a son, don't forget the rules in your life. I was sharing with my husband before service. I said, you know, he asked me what was wrong. I said, I got a little emotional when I was thinking about this scripture. Uh, he said, oh, your eyes are puffy. What, what's going on? I said, you know, I was thinking about as I was reading this scripture, I was thinking about a post that my son had put on Facebook. And he posted a picture of me and it said, I'm so proud of my mom. And it really hit me because it's really the parent's job to be proud of the children. But when your child can say they're proud of you, ah, what a gift. When was the last time you told someone you were proud of them? Doesn't matter who they are, but that they did something significant, whatever that was, and you took the time to say, I'm proud of you. And you don't say I'm proud of you just for the day, but you say I'm proud of you because you not only can see yourself in the future, but you can see them in the future. That you know that they are royalty, that you know that the best is yet to come, that you know that they don't have to stay stuck, that you know that you don't have to stay stuck, but get some good folks around you. Pour into them and allow them to pour into you so that you can see the bright future that God has in store for you. Don't get stuck on the loss. It's tragic. You feel it. But trust that God has plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See yourself in that future. For you are royalty. 
recognize what God is doing in you and through you and all around you. And be grateful for what you have left, for the friends, for the resources that you have left. Trust that a happy ending does not always start with a happy beginning, and certainly it may not mean a happy middle. But keep loving, keep trusting, keep faithing, keep believing. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.